This podcast is brought to you by Online Retailer, Australia's leading retail tech conference, expo and networking organisation. Recorded at the Online Retailer Conference in 2016, here we chat with world-class digital leaders to bring you industry insights, practical examples and actionable ideas from our incredible community of retail renegades, marketing masters and creative entrepreneurs who all want to do retail business big. We want to extend the conversation after the event and to keep exploring where the future meets retail. So let's talk shop. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Online Retailer Podcast. I'm Kylie Lewis and today I'm joined by Jules Lund, the founder of Tribe. Welcome, Jules. Thank you, Kylie. Happy to be here. It's, it's a delight to have you here today, <laughs> um, especially to talk about Tribe, which is the, the latest venture that you have gotten yourself into. Yeah. And it's an extremely exciting one. But for those people who don't know about what Tribe is, would you mind giving us a little bit of background about what it is and also how did you jump Jump into this area because you're you're not traditionally known for for your work in the app space. No, no. Well, I'll give you an idea of what Tribe is first, and then I'll tell you how I sort of arrived here. Uh, Tribe is a digital marketplace that connects brands with um, citizen influencers. So citizen influencers are everyday Aussies that have three thousand followers or more in a particular. Um, social media platform. It can be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and they've built that audience um, around a particular passion or expertise. That can be anything from gardening to gadgets, food to fashion to fitness, but they're everyday individuals. And um, the idea is that they download an app and they browse through. And at the moment, we've got a few hundred um, uh, campaigns live within the app. And if they see a brand that they already use and love, that their social media feed is already full of in terms of the brands that they're wearing, um, the places they're going, the restaurants they're at, the movies they've just watched, the music they're listening to on their um, branded headphones, all of these um, brands that they endorse as a consumer, um, all they have to do is um, capture content that celebrates um, that brand and submit it um, to the campaign and um, they get purchased. So they put a price on it. Um, at the moment, we've got um, you know anyone from 1.5 or 2 million followers all the way down to where most of ours lives, which is between 3,000 and 100,000. So it's a marketplace. The brands just upload a brief, it costs them nothing, and all of a sudden they get an inbox full of all these creators that they just couldn't find from around the country and around the world submitting content that celebrates their brand and they have no obligation to pay for it. In other words, um, the content is produced exactly as it will look on Instagram Instagram and it's submitted um, free of charge and if they like it they they purchase it for the price that's been nominated by the creator themselves yeah so that's <laughs> genius well it's 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 certainly not genius but it is just a fantastic little opportunity and like any um, idea it's born out of a problem um, I've I spent 15 years in television hosting getaway and then hosting the Logies red carpet for 10 years and then I moved into radio and when I moved into radio uh, alongside Fifi Box and we took over from Hamish and Andy in the drive shift all of my ideas were visual because I'd come from television and they were all blocked by the producers saying you just can't put that on radio um, so go and play with the social media assets that we have that no one cares about which was Instagram or Facebook and I quickly became obsessed 
um, and managed to build up the Fifi Angels Facebook page to be the most engaged brand page on Facebook in the country out of every category. And so because of that, um, a lot of the media agencies were asking Southern Cross or Stereo, um, how did you build this asset? So they sent me out to consult. This is going back you know, three or four years. And, um, and then from that, I was inundated with brand campaigns. And so it was all to do sponsored posts before there was such a thing as influencer marketing. But it was painful. You know, it would go from the brand, or the, the brand to the agency, the agency to the sales team, sales team to our promotions team, promotions team to my agent, my agent to me. And it was just a really simple request. And I knew how to create content. So it just didn't need to be that hard. So that's why I designed the app, a workflow solution. And then once I sort of looked at it, I thought this is quite scalable. Mm. Well, it's fantastic. I mean, I've worked on, on the other side of the fence where I've been one of those marketing people yeah. that's trying to find influencers. And, you know, when you when you play in the space, you get to know who the influencers are. But when yeah. you when you need that extra leverage to go, who who aren't I reaching? Yeah. Who don't I know about? Um, yeah. You know, you you fi- you found a way to match those yeah. those brands and those influencers together in yeah. a way that is is you know it's easy. It's yeah. super easy. The best way to match them is actually. Um, through authentic advocacy. So the old days with influencer marketing, because there weren't that many, you would be able to handpick them and say, oh, I want to go and speak to those influencers. But now um, there's been a shift in the engagement. Um, What technology has enabled us to do is reach people that have 3,000 or 5,000 or 10,000. So in other words, rather than getting one influence with a million followers, you can now get 30 influences for the same price, right? The same amount of effort, in other words, no email and no phone call because the app does all the work. And then for the same price, you get 30 pieces of content to share on the brand's own social channels. And the engagement for people with smaller tribes is far greater than those with a bigger tribe. So the engagement just blows the top tier influencer out of the water, except no one wanted to go out there and wrangle 30 people, but now they don't have to. So having having your brand enter 30 conversations is now really powerful. And then as I say, there's this whole greater value to it, which is around the content. And that's what we're seeing is this new evolution where um, they're not really it's less about the popularity of the influencer and more around the beautiful content they're creating. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you wouldn't have thought a few years ago that your iPhone there would be able to take photos that are powerful enough to, to print the pic on the world's largest billboards. But you see the, you know, Apple shot on iPhone campaign and you realize that Instagram has just transformed 400 million people around the world into having the artistic confidence to not only capture a beautiful moment, but share it. And then Snapchat has turned us all into video storytellers. So the idea is that everyone's becoming better and better at creating content. Um, and um, and those people, a lot of them are your consumers. Like you worked at Kiki K. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people would have a top drawer full of Kiki K cards, mm-hmm. you know, and do a beautiful flat lay and take a photo. Mm-hmm. Now if they, and they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and they would probably do it um, anyway, mm. but here is a way to be able to activate those people. You're not paying for the advocacy because they've already bought the product. Mm. And one thing that we do at Trouble is don't send out product. Mm. Um, we, you know, the, the idea behind that is if we we say to our, our creators, if you if you if you don't own the product or you're not willing to purchase it, then you have no right to recommend that your tribe does. Mm. 
you know so that in itself and so people go into their top drawer and see these things and they've already they already love your brand but what we're actually asking them is for a small fee will you go to the effort of actually crafting something beautiful mm -hmm. that kiki k can then put on their own social media mm -hmm. or with this new world um which is starving of content mm -hmm. you know because brands and advertisers they've gone you know 12 months ago they were doing two or three TVCs a year and a handful of imagery for posters and, and now they need that every few days, video content to do their social media platforms and then their social media campaigns because it's never been easier to put your credit card on, do an Instagram campaign. You can now do it from your mobile phone. Mm. So you've got people that are willing to spend a lot of money. You've got the audiences there because that's skyrocketing and people are using more and more social media, but no one's got the content. So advertisers are grabbing their print ad or their billboard ad and they're ramming it into Instagram, but it's getting blocked mm -hmm. because we love Instagram for a reason. It's got this beautiful feel to it. Mm -hmm. It's not the stuff that you would put in a print ad. So who better to create content that users absolutely love mm -hmm. and embrace than the users themselves? Mm -hmm. So that next world is less about people with 3,000 followers or a million followers and just everyday people taking photos of the products they love and submitting them to the brands because mm -hmm. the brands will pay a few hundred dollars to buy the usage rights mm -hmm. and actually put it in Facebook Power and supercharge it with advertising. So that's it sort of fills that hole for social media campaigns. And I think one of the things you've pointed, you've just touched on there, is pointing out the usage rights. Yeah. Because there's been um, some brands that have gotten themselves in very hot water about um, taking content that has actually been created yeah. in good faith by by brand advocates yeah. um, that ha and they haven't actually been assigned the rights to use them and they've yeah. gone off and used them in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, it's a grey area at the moment. To be honest, they say the law is always about eight years behind, Absolutely. especially in this space. I oh, mean, yeah. it is moving so fast. Mm. And I suppose it's just more around the ethical decisions of what you think is right. But, you know, sharing or reposting someone's was never a problem a while, you know, like last year, people would be flattered, but now they're seeing that there's a value of that. Well, I think it, it, it's also, um, I call it being a good digital citizen. Yeah. You know, it's it's making sure that there's attribution or there's... Um, yeah, well, they should definitely, I mean, at the very least, they should be giving them a photo credit. But I always... Absolutely credit. I always believe that the brands, uh, the smartest thing they can do is say that this was user-generated, to say that one of our fans went to the effort and created this. Absolutely. Like, who wouldn't want to credit the person rather than saying we made it and contrived it in a studio mm. i mean that's the beauty of it and that's why i actually think you know it has a real space um as we know word of mouth marketing is the holy grail mm. and you know it's not what you say it's 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 not what is said in that that marketing message it's usually who it's delivered by mm. and so when it comes from someone you trust you know it's so much better to see someone you know saying how good's Kit Kat or how good's this new Captain America film mm. as opposed to Marvel on their brand page mm. saying you know watch Captain America mm. I mean it's just got so much more trust to it yeah um, in, in terms of usage of the app you've, you've focused um, quite heavily on Instagram would yeah. that be the main usage of the platform it is because it's a mobile device yeah. oh look to be honest it it is because of the reach, um, you know, in terms of like the, the standard metric in this industry is cost per engagement. Um, and so at the moment that that is around sort of 51 cents um, per engagement, a like or a, um, a comment, etc. So um, Instagram, and obviously it's been shifting that algorithm, but in the past um, it is, you know, before the algorithm change, you know, those those 
users were reaching 100% of their tribe. Mm. So naturally they were getting the greatest reach, whereas Facebook, you have to amplify it um, and boost it. But obviously with Instagram, that's the new world, you know. And, and I actually think the social platforms deserve a slice of the pie. Mm. Like I've always built the, the our platform knowing that we would – you would go to a, an influencer and you'd say, right, here's $300 for your post about Nando's and here's another $150 so that you can reach 300,000 people mm. um, that I get to choose and be hyper-targeted. I want 20 to 25-year-old males in Melbourne. Mm. So I, I actually think that's a great way to guarantee the value of that post. Mm. So um, I think it's a really legitimate and, and, and robust um, marketing model now yeah. because of those reasons and I think you know talking about the changes to uh, Instagram in particular with the with the algorithm changes being rolled out it's not completely yeah. haven't hasn't rolled out yet at this point in time that we're speaking um, there's been so much fear um, around yeah. what that means in the community you know and yeah. you know the Instagram freak out yeah. a couple turn of on, of, turn on notifications yeah, that, and then everyone turned them on and your phone beeped and you realize that there is not one single Instagram post on the planet that is worth beeping you about you look at it and it's a latte with a love heart or it's a plate of food there's nothing that urgent mm. that you need to be notified to have a look at the pic it's Absolutely. a brow it's browsing yeah but i think that was kind of the indication of how passionately people were embedded in this like i think i sort of feel from also working in this space that instagram has a much more intimate feel about the sense of community yeah. to have the out pouring of yeah. people being so upset about the changes yeah. so i think from a business perspective what's really interesting in what you're doing um is that you, you know to actually enter into the platform it's a three thousand user or three thousand follower base yeah um so you're providing businesses with the opportunity to to reach um audiences as you said you could yeah. reach 30 audience 30 users 30 yeah. instagram um users with that base um for relatively low cost oh, yeah. um and 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 ha to help deal with some of these changes well you would never have thought that you know a, a couple of years ago that you could have a influencer marketing campaign for two or three thousand dollars like our average campaigns are three to five grand like an average post through our platform is two hundred and twenty dollars mm. so you know, you for for three hundred, you know, for three thousand dollars, you can have fifteen posts and reach, you know, five or six or seven thousand, you know, seven hundred thousand people. Mm. So it's um yeah, like it's great entry level, and that's what technology, because um, we're we're a purely self serve technology platform. So to give you an idea, um, you know, those memo bottles, which are those fashionable little square bottles, um. You know, the brand manager for Memo Bottles, she was representing Hard to Find and they were selling them, hardtofind.com. And she uploaded a, a campaign at 8.30 p.m. one night by herself, took 15 minutes. We'd never spoken to her. And by 8.30 a.m., not only was she inundated with all these um, custom-made creative posts celebrating her product, um, but she had approved and purchased five that were already live on social media, published, before we'd even got to work. So we hadn't spoken to the brand manager or the content creators, and those content creators already loved the bottle, hence why they purchased it, and there was an ecosystem that was purely self-serve. Mm. So that's what defines us as tech, whereas mm. you know, if you were to go to an agency to say, hey, I've got $2,000 to spend. You don't even get in the front door. No, you just wouldn't. Mm. So th this enables people with without huge budgets to be able to access a great category that's emerging and um, to actually um, 
reach people in a more authentic way. You know, it's... Um, and I think yeah. the point that you made earlier is that you're looking for people who are already engaging with those products. So a really yeah. defining difference is that you're not looking to send out products to say, here, try this and post no. it. The briefs that you see on Tribe are yeah. already, uh, you know, are pitching for people who are already engaged with those yeah. products. There's a few hundred... Look, there's hundreds of briefs already in our app right now, which means that if you were to post one a week as an influencer, you would have enough... Briefs in there to last you four years, mm. you know, four or five years. Do you know what I mean? And then even in one year, there's thousands more. You know, like it's just you've got access to more money than you could ever dream about. Mm. You got we all endorse about a thousand brands. You look in your wardrobe, your pantry, the apps in your phone. There's brands all around us. Mm. You're going to take the path of least resistance. Mm. What abundance brings is actually greater authenticity mm. because people are only going to promote the ones that they already own, they use, or they're willing to purchase. Mm. You know, they're not going to go out of their way mm. when they've got all easy ones there. And so let's just talk about transparency because that's yep. kind of what we're talking about. Yep. Um, having had a play on the platform and, yep. you know, put in, a, a, responded to a couple of briefs. I did yep. one for Spotify, for example. Oh, yeah, um, and so I got to see how it feels. And you're very good at at giving suggestions on how as an influencer that I could present this post as a sponsored yeah. post yeah. to my followers. So I'm not I'm not trying to do anything that is covert or underhanded. No. You know, it, it there you know, you suggest using the hashtag spawn so people know that it's yeah. it's a sponsored post. Um how how have you found that working? Well interestingly we met with the ACCC to get guidance before we launched the platform and they don't have any <laughs> no guidance, you know, because we said the US and the UK have mandatory disclosure. In other words, you have to write hashtag ad or hashtag paid post or hashtag sponsored on and everything in those two regions. So here there was no requirement. And we decided after walking out of the, the meeting with the ACCC that we would just make a requirement. Like we would strongly enforce it because you still need to be able to protect your brands and your influences because even if the law doesn't step in, you know, one of the publications could drag your brand or um, the influencer through the mud and say they're being, you know, they're being deceptive. Um, so we strongly encourage that people just go out there because, look, my feeling is even when I'm, I'm promoting stuff with brands and, and I'm not getting paid, I just used to write just sponsored just to see people's reaction. Engagement never went down because the truth is you're dealing with small amounts of followers, you know, 3,000, 10,000, 40,000. You know, what's surprising, those people actually like you. Mm. You know, as an influencer, they like you. They're happy for you to actually get something provided you're up front. And secondly, they just care about the content. If the content's crap, that's what disappoints them. Mm. So if you do branded content, you've still got to give them what you want, you know, because the brand gets what they want, Tribe gets what they want, you get what you want in terms of the price. What does the audience get? So you have to give more than you get in social. But I also think... Always. That, yeah. it's give, 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 yeah. give. That's what it's But about. I also think that those influencers deserve it too because they've spent three or four years giving to the audience um, without ever asking for anything back. So all of a sudden these platforms pop up and if they do one in every 10 posts, they get paid for something. Um then I think that's well-deserved. And I think their tribe understands that. Mm. And and it's regulated by their tribe. If, mm. if your content is crap, if you're sponsoring too many posts, if you're um, promoting competing brands in quick succession, you, your followers are just so piss off. Yeah. They'll just unfollow you. So 
it, it has it works you mm. know everyone is kept accountable within it mm. so it's interesting with changes afoot in instagram land yep. like you've kind of landed almost at the right time yep. to sort of help brands have another tool in their yeah. arsenal of how they're going to deal with the with the changing landscape of yep. of instagram snapchat is one of the things that now i'm just seeing particularly mm. in australia i know it's sort of been yeah. growing um very fast in the US, but it seems to have really arrived in Australia. Yeah. I think this year. Yep. How how do are you working in the same way on Snapchat? Because I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You know, the whole idea of sponsored and yeah. transparency works a little bit different. Although with the arrival of memories, that's just yeah. landed. Yeah. And that's the problem, right? Everything keeps changing. So it does keep changing. I, like if I was to be brutally honest, I'm just waiting for the dust to settle till someone figures out how we can enter that because there'll be people around the world. Um, we're, what we're working on at the moment is just getting a really robust platform. Snapchat is definitely, you know, our team is talking about Snapchat nonstop um, and then we'll be able to implement that. But, you know, with things like this, the, the most important for us is to have those um, both sides of the marketplace set, brands and creators. And, you know, our creators are all Snapchatters as well. So to be able to shift and um, submit content that is slightly different or unique, unique to what they've been doing with Instagram is no biggie. Mm. we just got to figure out how that's delivered. Yeah. Well, I think Memories has probably just yeah. delivered you the golden answer yeah. for, for that. Yeah, so absolutely. Jules, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you today. So thanks, thanks for Karen. coming in and joining us. You're welcome. Bye. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks for listening. If you've loved what you've heard today, make sure you're subscribed at onlineretailer.com.au to be the first to know about Australia's best e-commerce events.